0: Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au.
1: Good as well. But you're ready for the Word of God? Come on, let's pray. God, I thank you, Lord, for uh, an opportunity to come and, and come around your word, Lord. Your word has life. Your word has power. Your, lo- your word is able to change circumstances, God. And that's what we're here for today, to hear from you, Lord. So speak to hearts this morning, God. Breathe life into dead situations, God. Breathe, b- breathe encouragement to those who are downtrodden today, Lord. Let us receive all that you have for us, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, why don't you open up your Bibles to Psalm 27. We're reading from verses 1 to 3, and just as you do that, um, there's a bit of a background of this scripture. It's about David, who goes on to become king. He's not king at this time, but he goes on. He's a man after God's own heart, becomes one of Israel's greatest kings. And, uh, and at this stage here, he's on the run. His hero Saul is, is about to, he's trying to kill him. And David is hiding in the bush. He's, he's living in caves. He's just on the run because he's a wanted man. His parents have just died in this situation, in this, as he come to, the, to this psalm. And so things aren't going great for David. But it's in this situation with all the, the troubles of the world that he's facing. Who's faced some troubles here before, yeah? all the troubles of the world that he's facing, when it's time to be scared and to run for your life, he declares in Psalm 27, that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? What, what a declaration that is. What a, a faith statement that is. David is standing firm on the word of God and is putting his trust in God. But the truth is, he probably should have been afraid. <laughs> he should have been afraid. He should have feared for his life. He's still, trying to kill him. He's on the run. His per- life without his parents. And that's—I'm sure there's people here today who've you faced some tough cir- circumstances in your life. And the truth is, we'll all face fear of some description. We'll all be scared of something. We'll all have fear of some sort. And that's why the title of my message today is Embrace Your Fear. Embrace Your Fear. You see, the Bible says over and over again through the books and through the letters and through the songs in the Bible that says, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Yet in the same books, in the same songs, in the same letters, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So it's this dichotomy of fear. The fear can be two things. Fear can be a a positive thing in your life that that lifts you up, that esteems you, that esteems situations that's awesome and wonderful. But it can also be something that's negative in your life as well. It can hold you down. It withholds. It withdraws. it, It oppresses. That's this dichotomy of fear. And so it's what we do with fear, how we embrace fear, that determines whether we'll see, uh, we'll make a success of our life, we'll, we'll go on to do all that God has called us to do and be and, and see, or whether it will hold us back not fulfilling the promises of God that he has for each and every one of us. Amen? So I grew up in Launceston, Tasmania, where all good things come from. Is there someone from Launceston here? That would be amazing. I knew you were a good man up the back there. And so... Um, and about grade four or grade five, um, I had this mate who who he would come up to my house and he'd play with all my toys and everything would go well until he got bored, until he got sick of them. And uh, and he'd start to turn on me. He'd start to, like, pick on me and beat me up and all these kind of things. Now, I don't endorse, you know, bullying is a serious thing. This is not a laughing matter. Bullying is serious. Let me just state that. And, and so physical violence is not an answer to... Um, altercations and problems I just state all that now just so I, just before so you know where I'm coming from and I got sick of this kid beating me up he was a real Jekyll and Hyde little fellow he would play with my toys and then he'd beat me up and so you can understand why I'd get sick of that hey I had enough and I, I went to my mum and I said mum this kid is beating me up and she's like right I've got the answer for it so she went down the road and spoke to his mum not the coolest thing to do as a kid but so she spoke to his mum, and the solution that they came up with again not justifying violence to solve problems was to get the older brother of the kid who was beating me up to teach me how to fight (laughs) (laughs) who does that this is back in the 80s who does that so anyway, this, this older brother, he gets hold of me and he says, oh, this is what we've got to do. You've got to know this guy is a few sheep short in the top paddock, all right? He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. But he, this is his advice to me. He goes, next time you're in this situation, next time you're about to get picked on, next time you're scared, next time you have fear, this is what you've got to do. Just lose your mind. Lose, your pl- lose the plot completely. Go crazy. Go nuts. Whatever you've got to do. If he comes after you, start throwing anything. Throw limbs, throw arms, throw knees, throw legs. Throw garbage cans, whatever you can get your hold on. This is what he said to do. I told you he wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. One thing he did understand, though, is if I could embrace my fear and turn it into a positive, a positive force. I'm putting fists, I need to stop using fists. Then maybe, maybe I could see victory in this bullying situation. And so the big day came. I've learnt my great lessons as a master boxer and martial artist. Just throw everything at him. The guy came, uh, we played, you know, had a great time, he was using my Tonka trucks, it was, we were having a ball, and uh, then he turns, as he does, and I could feel the tension building. I could feel the little twitch in my eye start to get a little cray-cray. I thought, oh, this is my time to shine. <laughs> and so I did it, I lost the flight, I went crazy, I went berserk, I threw, it was like something out of a Batman comic, you know, crash, boom, bang, it was awesome, and I, I, I won the fight, I beat this guy up. Yes, he never picked on me again. Now, as I said, I don't want to use um, violence to, to anything like that. But the truth is, I embrace my fear... And I learned how to fight and I saw a victory. And church, the only reason I say that is because God wants to see you embrace your fear. God wants to teach you how to fight. God wants to see victory in your life, whatever situation you're going through, whatever challenge you're facing, whatever you've walked in with today. God wants you to embrace your fear and see victory in your life. If you love Jesus, say amen to that. He, he loves you. He wants to see you win those victories, those things that are holding you back. He wants to see you, them defeated. So I think we need to understand as, as a body of believers that fear is not a dirty word. In fact, sometimes to say you're afraid actually makes you sensible in some cases. But the truth is, if we let fear stop us from receiving all that God has for us, all the promises, all the blessings that God has for us, then we're allowing an enemy to rob us of something that he has no right in taking. If we embrace that fear, if we entrust God, if we surrender our lives to Jesus and be empowered by the Holy Spirit, then we can have the same declaration of faith that David did when he said, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Friends, God has a purpose for your life today. God has a destiny for you. Your best has not yet happened. Your best is still yet to come. Whatever those hopes are in your life, whatever those dreams are in your life, those things that stir you up and give you passion that you just don't think you can handle before, God wants to breathe life into those situations. God wants to breathe power, resource, healing, whatever it may be. God is not finished with you yet. So what are you afraid of today? Are you afraid of asking that girl out? You're afraid she might say no? What if she says yes? Are you afraid of starting up that business that you think it might fail? What if it succeeds? Are you afraid of tithing, giving 10% to God? You're worried about, oh, I only have 90% left. Friend, God can do more with your 90% than you can do with 100%. What is it that's holding you back? Our love for what our heart desires needs to be greater than our fear. Let me say that again. Our our love for what our heart desires and needs to be greater than our fear. We need to decide that we want it more than we're afraid of it. That we are going to take it more than we're worried about the the, um, replications, more than we're worried about what will happen. We need to decide we want it more than we're afraid of it. Because fear will rob us of life. Does anyone here remember a movie called Blast from the Past? Back in the 90s? Ah, there's a few hands there. That's great. A great movie it was. A romantic comedy from the 90s is always a winner. Uh, It starred Brendan Fraser and Alicia Silverstone. I may have had a crush on Alicia Silverstone. That's why 20 years later I still remember the movie. (laughs) Um, Anyway, the premise of the movie is this. It's set back in the 60s where a husband and wife and their newborn child are worried that war is going to break out in America and it's going to be a nuclear war. So they they create this bunker, this bomb shelter under their house, stocked with food um, so that they can live in there for a long time. And, uh, And time goes on, they end up being there for 30 years in this bomb shelter. The little boy grows up to become a man and needless to say, there wasn't a war. The nuclear war didn't happen. But you know, 30 years later, Brendan Fraser, who's a pretty hunky guy at this time, he comes out of the bomb shelter and uh, he goes and meets a girl, and uh, boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back, kind of thing. Great movie, perfect recipe for a great rom-com. But the thing about the movie is, it was fear that led them into hiding for 30 years. And that's what fear will do. if you don't embrace it. It will keep you locked up. It'll keep you in the dark. It'll keep you separated from the world where you only relate to those you aren't scared of... But friend, I've got to tell you that God wants to free us of those sort of thoughts. God wants us to step into the destiny that he has for us. God wants us not to be held back by fear or being scared of what may happen when it probably won't happen. You know what? The world says you need to be scared of this. You need to worry about that. You need to fear this. But the word says, that's not what the world says. It's what the word says. The word says now our God will take you to victory. Our God will cause you to stand up amongst giants. Our God will send his angels to protect you that's the word of God so it's embracing fear that spurs us into action it's, it's fear of running into a Rolls Royce that makes us buy car insurance isn't it it's fear of a heart attack that stops us eating junk food every day it's how about this one it's fear of losing a loved one that makes you value quality time That's fear of your children not having an inheritance that causes you to be diligent with your finances today. You see, church, fear is not a dirty word. We just need to let our faith be bigger than our fear. So what fear are you facing today? Is it fear of the unknown? Well, God has a plan and a purpose for you. He will guide and direct your steps. Is it fear of a a future without, without hope or peace or comfort? Our God will be your home. Our God will be your peace. Our God will be your comfort. Is it fear of never being loved? Well, our God loves you perfectly. And the Bible says it's his perfect love that casts out all fear. I love what Joyce Meyer says. She says, when fear comes knocking at your door, send faith to answer it. And church, it's our faith in Jesus Christ that will allow us to take on any situation, to face any, uh, anything coming our way. It's our faith in Jesus as we stand firm on the word of God and that Jesus died for our sins so we can have life again. It's our faith in him that will see us have victory across all and everything that comes against us. And so I want to look at someone today who in the Bible was scared, yet he embraced his fear and his world was changed forever and that guy is named Joshua. So if you've got your bibles there we're going to read from Deuteronomy 31 verses 1 to 8. And it says this, then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. Also the Lord has said to me, you shall not you shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord had said, verse 4, And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites and their land, when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you, that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Everyone say courage. Courage. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage. Everyone say courage. 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 For you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. So, just to review this scripture, we see that Joshua, who was Moses's second in charge, where well, he felt the, the the call to become number one. Moses saw that too. So he was about to become the number one guy, which would have been a challenge for anyone at that stage. Not only that, he knew that God was calling him to take the people of Israel into the Promised Land, and for that to happen, a battle needed to take place—a battle against the giants. So remember, Joshua was one of the 12 spies who who went into the promised land. He saw how big the giants were. He saw how violent they were. He saw the weapons of mass destruction that they had. And so he had to make this choice. Do I choose to follow the word of God and do something amazing for the kingdom and see people set up in the promised land? Or do I surrender to my fear and hold out and not do this amazing thing that God's called me to do? Fortunately, we know the the end of the story, that he did embrace his fear, that he did take the people of Israel into the promised land, that God did defeat the giants for him. Amen. And so we see three choices that Joshua made to embrace his fear. And that's what I want to look at this morning. The first one is this. Number one, Joshua chose companionship. Joshua chose companionship. You see, it's a healthy fear that craves God's companionship. And if we're going to live the abundant life that God has called each and every one of us to do, if we're going to fulfill the call of God in our life and and see ourselves and our families step into the destiny that God has for us, then we must choose companionship with God. Verse 8 says that Joshua, uh, God says to Joshua that he will never leave him nor forsake him. And friend, God says the same to you that he will never leave you nor forsake you doesn't that give you comfort to think that whatever comes your way, whatever challenge you may face, that God will never leave you nor forsake you. When the diagnosis is bad, he will never leave you. When the kids are sick, he is with you. When the bills are coming in, he is with you. When you face the giants of the world, he is with you. He's able to fight the giants. He's able to heal the sick. He's able to provide for you. He's able to release resources into your hand. He's able to uh, defeat those things that come your way and lift you up and empower you to do all that he's called you to do. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. He is with you. Amen. Some would say, companionship doubles our joy and divides our grief. But how much truer of that is it when we do it with God, when we walk intimately with our Saviour? When fear comes our way, it's companionship with God that gets us through. I think about... An amazing situation I walked into once, and I was with my best mate, and we we walked into this square. It was like a town, and um, it opened up to this big square, and uh, and in it there was just chaos going on. And there was just uh, we had what, no clue what was happening there, and, and we saw that there was this guy who he um, was, was like the demon possessed man. He was like the guy who was just. He started um, acting violent and was just throwing things and um, really, really scary guy and I recognised him. I heard rumours about this guy and there was a rumour that on the football field once he literally pulled someone's eye out and left it hanging there. (laughs) That's Seriously, so you know all those things about the bully before, I'm like no way man, I'm out of here. I'm scared I I'm need a change of hands I'm scared I'm out of here anyway the thing is this guy has lined me up and he started walking towards me I'm like oh no what am I gonna do this guy is you know he's, I'm really worried and, and I yelled out to my best mate I'm like Joe Joe come over here and Joe came over here and he quietened this guy down who was just crazy at the time it happened to be his brother-in-law that's how he did it <laughs> But it was because I was with my best mate, Joe, I was walking with him, I was with him, that he was able to stop harm coming my way. And the thing is, when we walk with God, when we have companionship with God. When we're in God's presence, we have someone we can rely on when we're in harm's way. When fear comes knocking, we can call on God and ask for help. You see, church, it's in God's presence where there's protection. It's in God's presence where there's healing. It's in God's presence where there's provision and there's restoration. He's able to change people's minds, heal the sick. He's able to restore relationships, build up families, bring back Uh, those broken relationships it's in God's presence that he's able to change situations and Joshua he understood this and he experienced this and it was God who said he would have companionship with him I love that when Joshua crossed the Jordan River it was God who led him when Joshua faced the giants in the promised land it was God that didn't leave him when Joshua led the Israelites around the walls of Jericho it was God who was with him so friend, whatever you're facing today, whatever situation is coming your way, whatever danger lies in your road, God wants to be with you every step of the way. The thing is, God will never force himself upon you. You need to ask for God's help. You need to invite him into your life. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, "Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you." As we draw near to God, he will draw near to us as we invite him in he will come and dwell and have companionship with us he wants to be our companion in our life but he's being that perfect gentleman he will never force his way on you we need to invite him in and so joshua craved god's companionship and understood that if he was going to embrace his fear that it was companionship with god that would see victory that was the first thing the second choice joshua made was this number two joshua chose change Healthy fear is the catalyst for change. And Joshua understood that if he was going to lead this group of people, if he was going to step up to be the number one man, that he himself was going to have to change. And this would be big for anyone, but if he was going to embrace his fear, then he must embrace change as well. And so I want to ask you, church, what fear do you need to embrace to act as a catalyst of change in your life? Is it fear of serious health challenges that makes you change your diet and exercise? Is it fear of a relationship breakdown that changes the way you speak or you act to your partner? Is it, is it uh, fear of your children going off the rails that makes you change your attitude towards asking for help or, or seeing a counsellor? Is it fear of retiring with no money that changes the way you spend or save or invest? When we embrace a healthy fear and will allow it to act as a catalyst of change for our life then we can take steps into entering the promised land entering all that God has for us I think of a, a company uh, that didn't embrace change so well a company called Motorola you heard of that telecommunications company so Motorola um, is one of the U.S.'s most successful companies uh, in history And it was on a Motorola transceiver that Neil Armstrong said, this is one small step for man, this is one giant leap for mankind. You know, they were going really well when it came to telecommunications. And then in the late 90s, uh, a company by the name of AT&T approached them, and they wanted to develop digital phones. And in that time, the digital software uh, wasn't that great. So Motorola said, look... Uh, we 're really worried about our investors we 're really worried about our current clients and customers that they won 't embrace this, so we 're not going to spend money to develop that technology and so they left that there and because they were at that time the market leaders in that industry, they thought oh, it just won 't happen no one will do it but& uh, T approached another smaller company just starting out at the time with the same they had the same fears this company had the same challenges the same fears of losing investors' money, the same fears of losing clients, but they used that, they embraced that fear and used it as a catalyst of change in the way they do things, change in the way they develop software, change in the way they do digital phones. And they went on to become one of the greatest companies of that time, stealing all the market share of Motorola. You might have heard of that company's name, Nokia, Nokia phones. So they embraced their fear. The same opportunities that Motorola had, yet they embraced their fear and they were able to impact the world. Church, let me tell you this. If you embrace your fear, use it as a catalyst to change something in your life, whatever that may be, you have the potential to change the world. I look across this room, I see so many people here. The potential in this room is limitless. It is limitless. The, the, the gifts in each person's life here, the, the, the collaboration that could happen, it's limitless. We have the potential to change the world. But sometimes we've got to change as well. So change is not a bad thing if we accept and adapt to change. But change just needs to be embraced. We need to embrace it sometimes. We aren't the people today that will enter into the promises that God has for us. God is changing us. He's the master potter, being gentle as he changes and directs us. So we see the choices Joshua chose to make when embracing fear. Number one, Joshua chose companionship. Number two, Joshua chose change. And number three, Joshua chose courage. Healthy fear creates courage. You see, courage can't exist without the existence of fear. Fear must come first before courage. The absence of fear would mean the non-existence of courage. I think that's why God tells Joshua in verse 10, be strong and of good courage. He says in the next chapter, Joshua chapter uh, chapter 1, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. He says that four times. The good thing is God doesn't expect us to tackle fear, to wrestle or embrace fear without giving us the power or the courage to deal with it. Psalm 31 says, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all who hope in the Lord. I love what Paul says to a young Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. He says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear in the negative sense, but of power and of love and of sound mind. That's courage. He's given us courage. One of my all-time favorite Sportsman Michael Jordan said this I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game winning shot and have missed. I've failed over and over again in my life. This is why I succeed. You see, Michael Jordan, he needed to embrace the fear of missing the next shot, the fear of losing the game, the fear of being a failure, to step into all that what God wanted for him because he went on to become one of the greatest sportsmen of all time. Yeah, he did. did. (laughs) (laughs) Courage isn't the absence of fear, it's the ability to act in the presence of fear. John Wayne, the cowboy, once said, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. So, church, let me ask you this. What area of your life do you need to take courage in? Is there a confrontation that needs to happen? Is there something that needs to stop, an ending that needs to take place? Is there a new season for you to take grasp of? When we take courage from Christ alone and we embrace our fear to enter the next chapter of our lives, God can take us to places we've never been before, show us things we've never seen before, empower us to do things we've never done before. But it takes courage. I think of um, my dad, who for 40 years he's never flown on an aeroplane. In fact, the first time I've been in Newcastle for eight years now, the first time he came up was a couple of weeks ago to see his granddaughter. He drove up, of course. And he's never been on an aeroplane, which means he's never seen some of the great sights in this world, some of the great things, God's creation. He's missed out on that all because he's afraid of flying. And I've got to say, I was the same. I was the same. There was a time there before I knew Jesus where I was afraid of flying as well. But then I realized when I gave my life to Christ that he's the one that protects us. He knows the days of my life. He knows every hair on my head. He's the one that gauges my life. And so now I've flown all over the world, which has been awesome. But it's a battle that I haven't quite won yet. I'm still afraid. There's things I'm still afraid of. I'm still afraid of sharks, believe it or not. I, I know I'm, I'm speaking to people here who are surrounded by the most beautiful beaches in the world. That's crazy. But I'm not going to let sharks, I'm not going to let fear stop me from enjoying God's creation. All that God has for us. I ask you again, church, what areas of your life are you missing out on because fear is dictating the way you live? As we draw near to God, we can take courage and embrace our fear so that we can live free experiencing this full life that God has for us. I know this word could be a bit of a challenge. It could be a little bit confronting. But the truth is, I say to you the same thing that God said to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. The future of your family may rest on you embracing your fear. The salvation of your soul may rest on you embracing your fear. You entering into the destiny that God has for you may rest on you embracing your fear. Be strong and courageous. What's inside you, God has deposited in you. You can do this. God is not finished with you yet. I'm going to ask our team to come up as we bring this to a close. I'm going to pray for a few people in just a moment. But as I mentioned before, there's two types of fear in this world. One fear cripples, it withholds, it hurts, it damages. While the other fear respects, it lifts up, it holds in esteem and in reverence. One fear will hold you back stopping you from enjoying the full experience and blessings that God has for you, while the other fear will catapult you into the destiny that God has for you, the blessing and favor that God has for you. Church, I ask you this, which one will you choose today? Which one will you embrace? Our love for what our heart desires needs to be greater than our fear. We need to decide that we want it more than we're afraid of it. And today, the fear that you embrace will determine the year ahead. It'll determine your week ahead, the rest of this year. It'll ter- it could determine the rest of your life. What will you embrace? So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to sing. Our band's going to lead us in a great song. And as they do that, can I encourage you, church? And you guys can start playing. Can I encourage you, church? Will you embrace your fear this morning will you step into what God has for you will you face any circumstance will you say to God God I hand over my fear to you my fear of lack my fear of, of of losing my family my fear of whatever may come next God I hand it over to you I don't know what the future holds but I know who holds the future will you embrace your fear today your fear could be the catalyst for your change your fear could be the beginning of a new season. Your fear could be what you need to embrace to set up the rest of your life. Come on, man. Let's sing. We're going to sing with faith, declaring God's promises, and then I'm going to come and pray. Jesus,
0: I will trust you. I will trust you.
1: came to be here but i know that god knows you're here and it's not by any accident you see one of the things about being a guest is i don't know all the faces i don't know all the stories i don't know all the backgrounds but i have the privilege of inviting you to ask jesus into your life so good and so just with every eye closed and every head bowed i want to give you the opportunity to ask jesus to come into your life On the count of three, I'm going to ask you, if you want me to pray for you and include you in on this prayer, asking Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour, on the count of three, just shoot up your hand. I'll see it from here. I won't embarrass you. I won't bring you out to the front. I'll just just acknowledge it and pray for you because Jesus, Jesus loves you more than you will ever know. He wants to come and walk beside you, be your companion for you to embrace him like what I said before. We have to ask Jesus to come into our life. He's a perfect gentleman. He'll never force us. So just on that count of three, if you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life, to invite him in, to see your hope and future with him, to see him unlock the future and destiny that he has for you, shoot up your hand on three. One, Jesus loves you, friend. Two, he wants you to come back to him. Lift up your hands right across this room. We've got hands over there. Great. Who else wants to ask Jesus to come into their life? Shoot up your hand and I'll include you in on this prayer. Awesome. Awesome. He wants to join these people. So good. Maybe you've been away from Jesus for a little while and you want to come back to him. You know, you've been off the path that he has for you. You want to invite him into your life. That shield and you put up your hand, and I'll include you in on this prayer as well. Just why every head is bowed and every eye is closed, just to give you privacy between you and God. Who wants to join these people today? Say yes to Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. Well, something that we do, thank you so much. You can put your hands down, those that put their hands up. Something that we do in our church, and I hope this is okay, is we pray all together as a church family. This prayer inviting Jesus into our life. So if you feel comfortable if you put your hand up pray out of the integrity of your heart today but church let's all pray this together repeat after me dear jesus i ask you to come into my life to forgive me of sin and to be my lord and savior i thank you jesus that you have a hope for me a purpose for me and that you love me dearly so i give you i give you my life today in your precious name amen amen Amen. Yeah, let's give those people a hand. Awesome. So good. Hey, and the last group of people I just want to pray for today is I'm just going to ask everyone to bow their head and close their eyes just one more time, just to give privacy for those who want to respond to this message today. But maybe you've allowed fear to rule your life, maybe you've allowed fear to. steal things from you that it has no right in taking maybe it's your joy maybe it's relationships maybe it's um, provision whatever it may be i want to include you in on this prayer today too so if that's you or or maybe there's people here who needs to embrace their fear to unlock the destiny that god has for them i want to include you in on this prayer so if that's you why don't you just give me a wave so i know who i'm praying for today beautiful yeah great so many people so many people, friends, I've got to tell you, you can put your hands back down. This is a stake in the ground moment. This is a moment where God is going to break chains today, break chains that have been holding you back for too long because of your faithfulness and your expectation to step out into what God has for you. I believe today is going to be a land. so God I thank you for each person here who has been bold enough to lift up their hands bold enough to say God I want to embrace my fear bold enough to say God I can't do this on my own God I pray uh, your favor your blessing in Jesus name I pray God that you break the chains of fear the chains that have been holding people back the chains that have been stopping people receiving all that you have for them Lord in the name of Jesus I pray Amen, amen, amen. Can we give God a hand in this place? Amen. I'm hand back over to Pastor Greg. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the message
0: today brought to you by Baylight Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.